We all have areas in our life we might feel stuck or overwhelmed. So join me, Jenna Zint, habit coach, teacher, and follower of Jesus as we go after little bits of better by building offensively small habits that create big impact. This is the Habit Lab Podcast. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Habit Lab. I am recording this one again on YouTube, so here we go, round two. One of the things I noticed is I knew I talked with my hands, but then when I stopped looking at the camera and just like got into my rhythm, I went back and watched it, and I used my hands an absurd amount. And my next thought was like, okay, I wasn't doing it to like, because I wasn't looking at the camera and I was like, is this what it's like to talk to me? Like people should duck or like get out of arm's reach because I'm going to flail all over the place. So it was interesting feedback. Um, Anyways, this episode of the Habit Lab podcast is going to be about community building habits. And um, we did an episode on our Marriage Lab podcast about, we did a two-parter about navigating adult friendships. And I think it's worth, I'll put that, uh, those episodes, I'll link those two into the show notes so that you could get those if you didn't hear them. Um, But to me, the difference in building friendships and community building is um, I think a lot of us want not just one-on-one friendship, especially when we have kids. We want overlap. We want life on life. We want husbands and meals and all these things. And I was just thinking through some of the things that have really helped me. And one is that I am I do most of the initiating and the invites. And one of the things I do is for a while, I would either like wait to be invited or wish I was invited or um, think or I was idealistic, like I had to have a grand plan or almost like give someone something substantial to be worth their time or invited. Um, And then just realizing like that hindered me from connection and relationships a lot more. So I kind of teased, but I went through on this like reformation of instead of waiting until I have one, someone else invites me. If I'm going to do the inviting, I can't have my standards be this. You're going to laugh, but my scale, I call it a Pinterest scale. I can't wait till my, I have an event or something that's a Pinterest level seven or above to invite people to. I actually just want to have more like authentic interactions anyway. So I need to do it when it's a level like two, which means to me, the difference would be come over to my house. I just made muffins. Our kids can play in the backyard. That would be more of a level like six. Like I would say like my kids are home, my house is clean, whatever, where a lot of times I'll be like, Hey, I have 45 minutes um, on Wednesdays. Do you want to meet at a park near your house? Um, we could share sna- whatever snacks I brought for, or my kids have left over in our car. Like we could share with your kids and like, let's just hang out. Like, is it important? enough. Like what's my goal? Is my goal to facilitate an event or present or is my goal actually relationship? And for me, when I realized like the effort I was putting in was more to present or to have a an occasion versus actually relationship doesn't need that as much. So I could lower these standards and actually maybe I'll find more connection than I'm looking for if I increase or decrease my own standard for myself because no one was asking me to do this. And I, I had this narrative that like, it wouldn't be worth their time or they wouldn't want to, if I'm not, you know, like, why would I come over? One of the things we do, I should say, I should give you an example is we do, um, we'll have a bunch of people come over our house after church, um, because we, 
Our church isn't one of those. We have too many people and too many services. So all going out to eat doesn't usually happen. And a bunch of us have small kids. So that's just going out to eat with a bunch of small kids is not a fun activity. If you haven't experienced it, consider yourself lucky. Uh, No, I'm kidding. So in lieu of that, I was like, what can we do that would be as low stakes and no one really has to host? So we met for a while in a park. We alternate between a park that's just in one of our neighborhoods, or if it's super hot in the summers in our backyard. But the idea, the concept is bring your own lunch, like bring your own picnic. Um, and then just let's hang out and play. Because I think a lot of times we think like, oh, I have to give them something or have to facilitate, but actually just the facilitating a space and a meetup is enough. And maybe it won't be enough for some people, but that's okay. Because maybe um, our goals or how we do life isn't going to be that compatible anyways. Or maybe they won't come for a while, but then actually realize idealism with what they're looking for isn't happening and it's limiting the quantity of meetups. So they'd rather lower their expectations of what it needs to look like and just go for more life on life. So that's been a big shift for me. Um, And then even realizing like, okay, so I don't have to provide them a ton of food or it doesn't have to be at my house. Like I can just facilitate or it doesn't have to be, I would say the hindrances were what I'm offering them, it has to be at my house or the length of time or fun level. So like I'm going to do an Olympics or I'm organizing kickball games, which I do those when I have the capacity. Sometimes it's fun, more fun, like a kickball game. I'd probably do, man, for a decade, I've done hosted like a kickball game probably twice a year or something. But what I like about that is I can invite a lot of people and there's a natural, almost like a mixer like a, where we're all doing this and then there's no skill, like they're not going to be left out because they don't have the athletic ability. So even the kids can play with the dads or they're on their shoulders, but it's, it enables people who don't know each other to feel less social anxiety or even just pressure for small talk because you're doing something. The doing is like this social buffer that I have found like super helpful. So that's why I do that is not actually because I'm trying to make it worth their time or this is why it'd be worth, you know, being friends with me. But it's like, oh, actually, I know this is when I have the capacity, this is one of the easiest, simple things to do that facilitates a big group family day that doesn't require a lot out of me. Um, The other some of the other things that I had to get over in my habits of building community was processing rejection from my invites. So because I'm throwing out a lot of invites, that's actually why one of the reasons we have a lot of community is because if you throw a lot of seed, a lot of stuff grows, but it doesn't all grow. And I think um, untangling people not accepting my invites or being uncomfortable, I would say that because I'm more initiative and maybe a little more forward and assertive with invites or friendships, um, some people, maybe like 70% are fine. They're like, okay, sure. And then maybe 30% are kind of like questionable. And of that 30%, half of them, so like 15% are they warm up and they're like, okay, that was more fast or forward than I would have gone, but you're genuine and authentic. So yes, like as I, as I said yes to a couple of your invites, I became less hesitant and I'm, you know, I can tell they're warming up and they're interested in friendship. But then I would say 15% of those people don't actually want to be my friend, whether for whatever reason, but me getting over untangling either people's hesitations or like, that's forward, or I'm not sure, or resistance, or actual no's, I had to get better. Like if I'm going to invite a lot, I had to actually process rejection in a way. And my little like self-soothing talk to myself when I do get rejected. And a lot of times, most people don't ever say no. It's just subtly not texting you back or never accepting an invite. And you're like, oh, 
three or four t- invites is probably indicative that they're not interested in building a friendship. And that's okay. It still stings. I think sometimes people I've heard like, oh, I have really big rejection issues, so I can't do that. And I would just say like, maybe like for sure, I probably don't, I don't have your pain or trauma from that, but it doesn't not hurt. Like a no or like a clear distance or uninterested to be my friend still is uncomfortable and stings a bit. I've just gotten good at processing it. It's like a speed bump rather than derailing me entirely, like off track. And what I say to myself, like my little self-soothing line is, just because they said no and they're not interested in being my friend does not mean I'm not worth being friends with. And I have to repeat that. And then also some people, maybe it's a little like I watch them befriend someone else and be like, oh, okay, so it wasn't that they didn't have time. It was it was me. Um, I just have to process and let go of offense. Like, hey, I'm actually going to be really intentional. It still hurts a bit, but offense, you're not allowed to grow in there because my reminder for myself is offense never serves me. Offense likes to tell me it feels good. It feels right. It's like pushing on a bruise. Do you remember that when you're little? My little kids do that sometimes. They're like, it hurts, but it hurts so good. And they'll push harder. That's how I kind of think of offense sometimes, like, especially after in the heels of someone not returning your invites or being interested, it seems like in friendship. Um, offense feels like it hurts so good. It's justified. But I'm like, no, actually, that spoils some pain. And I'm going to process through it in a way that it does not. Um, turn into offense or bitterness. Uh, Another thing that I would say about being uh, community building habits is I'm creative about my options. I think a lot of times I used to think dinners or a whole family or, you know, kind of more idealistic, but realizing like I'm busy and most of the people I'm inviting are busy. So rather than being like, wow, we could hang out as a whole family in six weeks, or do you want to me and you get an early morning walk-in while the husbands take a little bit of the morning duty and then I come back by the time it's time to go and I can take the kids to school? Or um, could it be short and sweet after an after-school activity or while we're waiting? Like not all my kids are there. Sometimes I listen to like watch my own idealism of like, well, Audrey has guitar, so we'd only have two of us. But I'm like, oh, that's actually still worth something. So I think one of the big things that habit coaches, I realize all or nothing mentality um, really hinders people where if it's not 100% or even I would say 90%, it's not worth doing or there's no there's not going to be enough fruit. But actually getting out of that mindset, like starting here and cultivating what you do have, maybe you both will be willing or find bigger windows as it grows and your history increases that like, oh, we did find like, we'll actually cancel this thing because what we have growing that just started as your youngest and my oldest while we wait for ballet lessons to finish across the street park, you know, whatever, uh, turned into more. So I think like, don't let idealism, like use the bits that you have, get creative. Um, one of my friends, one of my closest friends, Michelle and I um, have crazy busy schedules. And a lot of times, the only times we'll have is 45 minutes before kids uh, like pick up. And it's interesting because I think even just going the rejection, it's easy to sometimes hear like, oh, is that all I'm worth to you? But one of the things I've really worked on internally is that what they're offering or their availability can't actually hit my identity, like what I'm worth. So if that's what she has, it's actually not a reflection on what I'm worth. It's what is available in her life. And then I'll take it if I want it. If uh, And then sometimes too, oh gosh, sometimes we just eat lunch together. There's been times we've met up because it's been rainy and we couldn't walk and we've eaten our Tupperware lunches in our cars before we had to like skirt off to get our kids. So while you're going after community building habits, don't let idealism for the perfect time slot or what it should look like 
uh, stop you from building with what you currently have, because then maybe you'll find space, make space when something frees up, maybe a commitment stops. You're like, oh, I've really been enjoying this. I'd like to cultivate it more. I'm going to plug it into that window. Um, There's benefit in starting with like what you have. The next thing I would say is, oh, I have layers of friends. I used to think that before I was like thinking about community building, like it almost was a perspective shift for like friends versus community. To me, that that isn't just semantics. That's like, oh, me getting my needs met versus like community. There has to be ebbs and flows and busy. It's not like, I think I bring some like narratives in from friendship BFFs, you know, like when you're in elementary school that aren't helpful or realistic for adult life friendships, what they look like, especially as a mom with little kids. So this idea of when I say like I'm building community, that is a way bigger definition that I'm like, oh, that that maybe wouldn't feel like friendship to me, but that actually feels value for building community. Um, so I think of it as layers. So sometimes I have friends, I think of like, oh, maybe they don't hit this, but they actually feel this, like that's okay. I can still be friends with them. And there's a spot that I do have in my life versus, I don't know, as younger, I was like, they're not this and they're not this, they're not best friend. I'm like, actually, not everyone needs to be my best friend. Some people, like I think of it like that's our lid with our friendship. That works though. I have a spot for that and I have that need. So I'll let them be there versus disappointed that they're not more or everything or this. So again, it's kind of like all or nothing. Like, no, actually people can have spots in my life that they fit that. So some of the layers I think of is enjoying their company. Uh, Do our schedules line up? Do they inspire me? Do they challenge me or do we actually like learning about the same things? Uh, Do they pursue me? Those are different layers, almost like categories of relationships that I think of that I invest in that maybe they don't hit all of them, but they hit one or two. And I'm like, oh, that's worth what I do have for them. Um, And then two, for me, a big difference, kind of going back to this mindset shift that I had when I was like building community or making community building habits. It was this awareness of one, I am pretty busy already. I have a pretty full life and we haven't moved in 17 years. So a lot of our friends are here. We just have more friends. So I don't actually have, if I think of my life and capacity as like a pizza with slices, I don't have any more one-on-one slices in this current season available. Um, Maybe if a friend moves or something shifts, it doesn't mean it won't ever, but I just don't currently have that. And no one, I don't need to kick anyone out that has one. So I'm like, I don't see it changing for a while. So I kind of lived in this like, oh, I don't I don't need any more friends or I shouldn't have any because I don't have any spots to give. But I just felt like, if I'm honest, I felt like the Lord was like, oh, that's the wrong mindset. Like friendship is actually not like, it's not just one-on-one, it's me sharing my life with other people. Therefore, like, can you invite a lot of people in? I don't know if I'm making sense with this, but it was this shift of like, I was kind of afraid of disappointing the friends I had. So I stopped letting more people in. And I felt almost chastised from the Lord of like, you actually are meant to radically show up in love and part of like loving others well. Yes, as like a witness, you know, to your neighbors, but even just people in the church, like there's so many lonely people just in the church. So why would you limit yourself when that is something you have to give. Like it almost feels like a ministry, like making a spot for someone is somewhere I have to give. So instead of actually being afraid of disappointing my current friends or being overwhelmed, I'm like, okay, I don't have one-on-one spots, but we do lots of group stuff because that's what I have. And I would actually rather invite a lot of people that I like than have like narrow what I have to just like one-on-one. I'm like, oh, I actually think I'm meant to be a buffet with friendship 
and with uh, community building versus um, kind of guarding and protecting of like this elite five-star meal. <laughs> I'm a golden corral over here, guys. But um, so anyways, for me in that process, I just changed my target from entertaining when I'm doing, like I said, like almost like presenting or entertaining to this definition of like, I actually want to be someone known for hospitality. And to me, that is a totally different aim when I'm building relationships and how I'm showing up, like, because I actually feel called, like we feel called to be people are hospitable because that's a way of like, just practically showing love, like literally making a spot for the lonely or I'm not even, I'm not saying that I'm friends with just lonely people, please. You're one of my friends. You're probably listening to this. Do not be offended. But my point is that um, I think it's actually a, a mandate as a believer to make room where it can feel like adding to your to-do list. But I'm like, actually, what if you just increased who, like we did more group things where it was more inclusive versus exclusive. Um, and this target of changing it from like to my goal is hospitality, where that feels actually like a higher purpose than just friendship. And it's not like just, I guess part of that shift for me was it's not just serving my needs, but it's actually a service on some level. And what I have, what of remember from that one um, episode, Habits of Generosity, some of my mindset is silver and gold have I none, but what I have giveth thee. I mean, I just butchered that entirely. But my point is, okay, I don't have any more one-on-one slots, but what do I have? I could do a lot of group things. So I'm not going to let the fear of someone be offended that it's a group thing rather than a one-on-one stop me from inviting. This is what I have. Would you like it? It's kind of what it feels like. And I'm reading this uh, John Mark Comer's new book. It's called Practicing the Way. It's so good. It is like if Atomic Habits a Christian version of Atomic Habits that's just as eloquent, probably even more so. It's funny because I'm writing my book on habits right now and I literally shut the book angstly last night or a couple nights ago when Aaron and I were in bed and I was reading. He was like, what? And I was like, he wrote the book I want to write, but do not have the language or skill set to write. What's the point of writing my book? And then he just reminded me that what's insecurity talking. And I, But there's a lot of overlap. My point is there's like, he's read so many of the books on behavior change and habits that I have. And he's like putting them through the lens of spiritual disciplines. And there's this quote or this section on hospitality that I actually really loved. So I was going to read it. You see, hospitality is both a rhythm we calendar into our rule of life as Christians, and it's a way of being in the world. It's a heart posture towards other. Nowen called it a fundamental attitude towards our fellow human beings, which can be expressed in a great variety of ways. When we offer hospitality, we get to embody the heart. Oh, this one's so good. When we offer hospitality, we get to embody the heart posture of the Trinity's inner life. Welcome, invitation, invitation, gosh, I feel the Holy Spirit, warm, affection, generosity, provision, safety, community, comforts, the meeting of needs, delight, and sheer joy. And when we act like God, we can feel God's joy. To me, I'm like, oh, that was such a big shift of like friendships, actually not just what I'm going to get out of it. But when I shift to like being a person of hospitality, that like, that's what I feel like community building habits are, are habits of hospitality. Oh, I hadn't said that before. That's good. I'm going to say it again. I feel like if you can shift from friendship habits of like getting my needs met to I'm a like community building habits are oh man, I forgot what I said. Their habits, oh, habits of hospitality. That shift then went from like, what can I get to what can I give? And then in the giving, in that shift of like, actually I'm changing my 
whole purpose and goal in this, like to be majorly others focused, I've gotten so much more and like a surplus of friendships, which I'm like, oh, like, isn't that again, the backwards kingdom when you're, when you're giving away more than you're expecting to get, and then you actually feel more full than you did. Um, Okay. I'm going to keep going though. The right from his book, he quotes another lady whose name I'm not sure I can say. The writer Rosaria Butterfield the Butterfield part was easy. Okay, don't judge me. Uh, called this act radically ordinary hospitality. This is her definition. Radically ordinary hospitality. Those who live who live it see strangers as neighbors and neighbors as family of God. They recoil at reducing a person to a category or a label. They see God's image reflected in the eyes of every human being on earth. There's a little more, but that's been a big shift to me is that when I'm operating out of this mindset versus friendship, like community building, hospitality, I like legit feel like it's such an, like I'm sitting across and anticipating and listening for how this person is going to show me a unique flavor of Jesus rather than are they healthy enough? What do they have going? Like it's so, such a different perspective of almost like weighing friendship versus like, oh, this is Jesus sitting before me. So I guess to oversimplify too, some of my community building habits, like some of my motives have gone from um, being about building friendships to that one that one scripture about when you fed the hungry, when you gave a drink to the thirsty, you did it to me. I'm like, oh, when I make a spot, when I make room in community for someone, I'm making room for Jesus. And then actually interacting with them with that lens has been such a game changer. I'm going to finish reading this, but this is from Miss Butterfield. Those who live out radically ordinary hospitality see their homes not as theirs at all, but as God's gift to use to further his kingdom. They open doors, they seek out the underprivileged, and they know that the gospel comes with a house key. This was Jesus's way, because he talked about further in the, this chapter how that's how a lot of Jesus's um, evangelism was through hospitality and sharing meals, and it's still the best way. There's still no better place to get to know someone over a meal, no p- better place to dialogue or even disagree, because there's no better place than around the table with bread and wine. But again, to the point, I think you can do it without a meal, but my point is just switching your perspective from habits of friendship to like habits of community building and having the heart where I'm not entertaining, I'm actually being hospitable. And that's so much more about what I can give. So those of you actually feel like I'm going to pray, I'm going to, I meant to pray. Those of you have, who have felt lonely or maybe even disappointed in your friendship options or what community is like, I feel this charge. Like as you're listening, I actually feel like the Lord's like, I'm calling you to be a community builder, to actually bring in such a practical way to your church, I think sometimes just starting there, where we actually creating something we're inviting our neighbors into has to exist, where it's like they feel the history and it feels like a benefit. So like, I just give you the charge that those of you listening, that you would be the community builders in your church, that you would shift your perspective from entertaining to actually having a spirit of hospitality. I just pray that a spirit of hospitality would rest upon you and that you would lower your expectations for yourself, that actually it's just enough to give someone who doesn't have a place, a place to sit, and someone who's unsure if they're wanted, the invitation to know that they're wanted. We really, I release that over you in Jesus' name. Um, that is it. Community building habits. 
I would love to say I'm going to put the link for our Patreon in the show notes. If you would consider donating, uh, being a show supporter by donating $5 a month, signing up to be one of those members, that'd be so helpful. We feel so loved by that. And then until next time, everybody go out and build community. 